study notebook, you know, but things that I had put in there that the Lord had put on my heart, I could think of them already, a few of them. And so I pull out the first one that comes to mind that the Lord brings up often in my life. And it's from January 2010. And it's so it's when we first moved to Kansas City. And this man was teaching us. He was a good teacher, Craig Cook. We didn't know who he was at the time, but he was our teacher at that, for that session. And he said, I'm calling you to a consecration. And I want you to lay down things to the Lord. And, and he said, I want you to spend time in prayer and asking the Lord about it. So I had written down my prayer and what I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart. And what I wrote was, in 2010, I wrote, the last 10 years have gone by at the same speed for everyone with the same amount of hours in each day for everyone. But what have I gained from them? Have I labored in vain in my own flesh to gain nothing? The world offers many things to us that I I could see in these past 10 years. My life had changed a lot. 10 years earlier, I would have been a sophomore in high school up until 2010. I, I was married. I had kids. My life had changed a lot. But what had I gained that would go beyond the grave? Because I wrote down, anything the world offers doesn't go beyond the grave. So what have I gained through my actions, through my love, and through my prayer that will last eternally? And I ask the question, what about the next 10 years? What do I have to lose? There's a lot to lose if I don't do it. But what do I have to lose if I do lay down my life and pursue God wholeheartedly? Family members might get saved. People might get healed. Hearts will be set free. People will really experience the joy of the Lord if I pursue him wholeheartedly. Is sacrifice not worth it? And I ended it with, what have I gained in the last 10 years? And what am I willing to do in the next 10 years so that his kingdom can gain? Well, that was five years ago. And I... I remember feeling it, and I, the Lord would put that on my heart throughout these last five years, and I, and I would respond with a little bit of a yes, you know, and he'd stir my heart up again, but I didn't do the next thing that, I didn't even pursue what the next thing was. And so, you know, I'm reading this when I get home from Kansas City in this past October, and I realize five years have gone by this January when I wrote that. Pretty soon, five more years are going to go by, and then 10 years, and It's going to be 20 years later, and what have I done? What have I done, God? And so he brings this before me, and and it stirs my heart up. And so I begin praying, and, and combined with the stirring from the prophecies, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want? What can I do before another 10 years passes? And maybe life on the outside looks differently, but I haven't grown, and those around me haven't been impacted because of my lack of growth. What are you going to do, God? And so we're seeking him, we're reading Acts, we're, we're focusing on prayer and worship. And, and I read another journal entry um, from February of 2010. I had a dream, and the first part of the dream, I heard three times the Lord say, the children are anointed, the children are anointed, the children are anointed, and I woke up. And I could see faces in the dream of, of kids in our church. And I went back to sleep, and in the journal entry I wrote that, I had a second part of the dream, and I could hear him say three times, you need to raise your vision, you need to raise your vision, you need to raise your vision. And so I'm reading these, and I'm remembering how 
he caused my heart to burn at the time, you know, in 2010. Like, I'm, and so now I'm focused. And yes, God, you, um, you stirred my heart. Would you do it again, God? Do it again. And out of his mercy, even though it's five years later, he's doing it again. He's stirring in my heart for more. And this time I've, I've made a commitment. I'm going to respond, God. I don't want another five years to pass. And I didn't do anything. I didn't go to the depth that you wanted me to go, to the depth that you've invited me to go. And so I'm talking with Mark about it. And I feel good, man. You know, like, yes, I'm doing it. We're going for it. We would talk in the morning. and He would come into the church after that and work in the office. And I'd have my day at home. And a few hours would go by. And, and then pretty soon, I would have fear set in. Like, wait a minute. This is pretty radical. This is not life as I know it. I know the difference between life as I know it and what God is really calling me to do. I can argue about it and I can try to justify it, but I know. And I think, have you ever been there? You know in the back of your mind. You don't even really want to like entertain it. <laughs> but I know that he's calling me to a lifestyle of it. And it's going to look different than what life for me looks like right now. So as I think about that, I think, oh, what are people going to say? Like, oh my goodness, what are family members going to say? What are friends going to say? Like, how is this going to look with my schedule? How is this going to look with Mark's schedule? What about money? What about this, that, and the other? And fear sets in. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I don't really need to do it. The Lord looks at my heart. He knows I love him, but he also knows that I've got a few things on my plate right now, and they're good, and so I'm okay. So I go back to the journal, stinking journal sometimes, you know, but I go back and I read another dream that I had written down from 2010. And in this dream, I was going to a high school dance and I have my wedding dress on and I'm going to this dance because I'm going to talk about the bridal paradigm and so that's why I have the wedding dress on. And I am going to tell all of my friends at this dance that it's more than just saying, I'm a Christian, Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and now I get to go to heaven, and all things I do are blessed. It is more than that. And in this dream, and as I'm reading it, I can remember the urgency in the dream that I had. I need to tell them that Jesus wants to pursue them with a personal love for them, a deep intimacy, a longing, that they're in his inheritance, that he died on the cross for them personally. He wants a personal relationship. He's the bridegroom and we're the bride, and I've got my wedding dress on to prove it. And so I'm going to this dance, and it's the Friday before Valentine's Day in this dream, and, and the theme of the dance is celebrate love. And I get there, and other people have wedding dresses on. And, and I'm instantly like, oh my gosh, they look kind of goofy. And I, people are going to think that I'm with them because I've got a wedding dress on too, even though it's for a different reason. They're just dressing up to celebrate love. But I know my friends are going to make fun of them. And if they see me in my wedding dress, they are going to make fun of me too. And so I run into the bathroom and I tell my cousin in there, I said, I have got to get this wedding dress off because people are going to laugh at me if I don't get this wedding dress off. And instantly my focus was on, not on the bridal paradigm message that the Lord had put on my heart to share with them, but my focus was on not humiliating myself to my family and friends. And so 
October 2014, I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, that's right, God. My focus can't be on me. You've put a message on my heart, even five years ago almost. You put this message on my heart and you showed me through a dream five years ago how fear will make me want to just lay it to the side. How fear of man, instead of responding to you, will, will cause my heart to stop moving forward. So I'm convicted. I'm like, okay, God, put the fear. Just get rid of the fear, Lord. Um, and so I go back to, I, I get that from the Lord, the encouragement to keep pressing on. Don't let the fear and humiliation of what other people are going to think about this radical lifestyle. Don't let it stop you. And so I really feel that encouragement. And so we talk, and, and this is just this past week now, okay? And, and so we're talking, and I'm telling Mark, I need to do something, and I need to do it now, or else I won't do anything. And, and I feel like the Lord has an invitation for me to respond right now. I can't wait, because if I wait, I won't do it. And... And so we talk about the consecration and giving the next 10 days just to seek, because I don't even know what he's calling us to. I don't know what he's calling me to. I asked him, I said, God, if you showed me what you're calling me to, I'd sign up a lot faster. And so would other people. So could you just show us what it is? Because then I'm sure we would say yes more wholeheartedly. And, and it, the sacrifice wouldn't, you know, wouldn't compare to what you're offering. And I felt like he said, no. You need to do this out of faith. You need to take the next step of faith. I'm not going to show you. You need to take the next step of faith and just do it because you believe me. Just do it. Do you believe me enough? And so we set this consecration because that is an easy way for me to say, okay, I'm going to seek you. This is how I'm going to do it. So I am go back to the journal, though, and <clears throat> I read this. I wrote this entry in 2010, um, but it's from, it's about a feeling that I had in 2009. So, so I'm just going to read it to you. It says, I've been desiring to, cul to cultivate an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit since 2009. I felt the Lord tell me that he wants to do something, and he wants to do something big. And I can remember when I had this, this wasn't a dream that I had. This was a feeling. I was cleaning my kitchen, you know, I had music playing, just singing, and I could feel like a trembling in my spirit. And I knew that the Lord was saying, there's more, there's more. And so, and I continued to write about it. I could feel something in the pit of my stomach and in my heart that the Lord was putting in me, but I couldn't describe it very well, except to say that it's like when a woman is pregnant and she goes through her life with her entire focus on the next nine months for her baby. The next nine months of her life, I mean, she does life. She cleans her house. She cooks her food. She goes to work. She does all this stuff. But she knows that that baby is coming in nine months and everything centers around it. Everything looks different. And at the drop of a hat, everything will go off to the side if need be for that baby. And the Lord was putting in my heart, that is how you need to live. You need to live with an expectancy of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you still have your daily duties. Yes, you still have your responsibilities. But be expecting more. Expect more. Do life, but do it while expecting the Holy Spirit to come. And he said, I needed to nurture 
and create an environment for the Holy Spirit to come, just like I would if I was expecting a baby. When I had the boys, my house was in order, my refrigerator was clean, my bed was always made every morning, and my bag was packed, and just in case they came that day. And he was saying, do the same thing. Be ready for the Spirit to come. Cultivate an atmosphere. And I wrote that I need, or God has been telling me that I need to create an environment physically and in my heart that is ready for the Holy Spirit to come. I wrote it on November 5th, 2009, exactly five years to the day that I felt the call to do the consecration. And I didn't write it. I felt it November 5th. I didn't write it until January 2010. But when I look at the date of what, when he was stirring in my heart, it was the 5th of November, 2009. And I'm like, God, five years ago, almost to the day, this was just Friday that I was reading this entry, almost five years ago to the day, Lord, and I remember the feeling that you put in my heart. And, and he said to me that I need to create an environment physically and in my heart. And I know that throughout life, um, I've used the whole, the Lord looks at the heart, you know, the verse where they're talking about David and he says, oh, God looks, or people look at the outside things, but the Lord looks at the heart. Has anybody ever, anybody else ever used that as a (laughs) cop-out? Like, I don't really think that's what the Bible meant, that you can say, oh, it's okay, the Lord looks at your heart, he knows. That's not what that verse was saying, but I've used that. I've said, God knows in my heart I love him. He knows that I pursue him in my heart and in my own time, and that's enough. And, And he's saying, yeah, the Lord looks at the heart, but you need to create an atmosphere in the physical also, not just in your heart. And and I could physically feel him putting that in me. So, so that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. Um, I've, been, I've been feeling this. I know that he's calling us to more, us. And, um, and I want to do the next thing. I don't want another five years to pass. And because pretty soon it's going to be my kids that are adults and my kids who are seeking the Lord. And if I can go and pave the way for them and make the way for them a little bit easier, then I want to do that. Um, I I had one more journal entry that I wanted to share. I graduated in 2002, and that's when Mark and I started dating. And his parents came to my open house, and Mary um, bought me a journal. And so I just yesterday I was telling Mark, Mark, I need to find that journal that your mom bought me in, for my open house graduation 12 years ago. I need to find it. I know it's around here somewhere because I want to read from that one because that's the first one that I started writing things down. And, and my prophet said, you know, go back, look at your journal, see what the Lord said. I said, I want to find it. So I found it. And the very first journal entry that I had in there was from June 21st, 2002. And I wrote down four things that day. And this is what I wrote. Number one, Joel 2, 12 through 13. Turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and with fasting. Rend your heart. Come together. That verse talks about coming together corporately. Babies, children, adults, elderly. Come together and turn to the Lord with all your heart. Number two, Acts 2, 2 through 4. 
We gathered together and they waited on the Lord and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The third thing that I wrote was 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 10. Godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation. And I was telling Mark last night, I said, I don't, you know, I, I understand that, but I don't really feel that right now. And he said, that's my whole message for tomorrow is about godly grief producing repentance. The fourth thing that I wrote down in my very first journal entry was First Chronicles chapters 22 and 23. I wrote verses down from there, and it was all about the call to build the temple with night and day prayer and worship. And that was my first journal entry. Twelve years ago, I was 18. I, I was in love and not thinking about building a house of prayer or seeking the Lord with all my heart or any of that. But that was my first all four of those things. And so, so that's basically where the Lord has taken me. Um, I, I just wanted to make sure that I have said everything. So yeah, in closing, that's all. Um, but I, again, I feel like the time is now the invitation is not just for me. I feel like the invitation's for all of us. Um, and radical love and a lifestyle of prayer and worship doesn't have to look, you know, like a certain formula in a certain way, but the Lord wants it, and he is worthy of it from all of us. And it's going to look a little bit different for all of us, but we know in the back of our minds, what he's calling us to. And, and again, a prophetic word is an invitation, but, but I don't have to accept the invitation. And I feel like for the last five years, I, I accepted the invitation in small ways. But I, now I'm saying, Lord, I want to go further. I want to go up the mountain. I want to ascend the hill of the Lord, and I want to go hard. And I know that the power is in people. And I know that, that if I don't keep moving forward, I'm going to start going backward. And um, it's offensive, and it's crazy to people. But it also will awaken your heart in a way that nothing else can. Nothing else can awaken your heart to what God is doing and what he's saying than seeking him wholeheartedly. And, and we're still going to have issues. I'm not saying, oh, do this and life will be great. Life is going to actually get a lot harder if we do this because this, the enemy is going to want to stop a radical love. And a lot of good excuses are going to come up. But if you want your heart to come alive, and if you're kind of tired of that dullness in there, then lay it down. Like Faith said, lay it down. And then, and then he can carry it for us. And his burden is like his yoke is easy. There's nothing else really to say, huh? <laughs> Good deal. Well, that, that calls real clear. That's really clear. Thank you for sharing that in your heart. And so I'm going to just give a couple components to uh, the 10-day uh, consecration. Uh, and you have them right on here. 
And so I, I like what Danielle said. She said, uh, the hour's urgent, which we can, we can see that. And that's what I was going uh, to speak about, but she brought it so clear. Uh, there's great invitations right now in this hour, whether they're personal for you, what the Lord has said, as, as she has said, plus also the corporate invitation of the Spirit breaking out. And I think it's so encouraging, even before we knew that we were going to be leaders of the church, the Lord began to put things within her heart. Before we even had a grid for what she just said, I had, we, we had no clue about a house of prayer. We had no clue about uh, these other uh, issues that were upon her heart, but yet the Lord put them in there knowing that he would bring them forth in this hour. And he's calling us now to this. As a corporate body, he's saying, now is the hour to stand up and run for this. We need it. And if we looked at Habakkuk, it's very clear. He said, you know, the hour, uh, the urgent hour of judgment is upon us, and we have to respond now. He, he actually says, tremble now, respond now that you will have peace in that hour. And so with those two issues, but I, I love this, this heart that she says, she goes, even if the urgent hour wasn't here, or even if the invitations weren't here, God is worthy. He is worthy of this. He's worthy of a lifestyle and, he, and, and his faithfulness and, and his jealous nature and his heart. He just keeps over and over calling us back to it and stirring our hearts in this hour. So uh, starting Monday, 6.30 to 7.30 every evening for the next 10 days until Wednesday, uh, we will come and we'll gather here together for a time of worship and prayer. It, it'll mostly look like we have the IHOP streaming going for the first half an hour, and we'll connect our hearts to the Lord. We'll seek Him. That's what, that's what he said in, in Habakkuk. He goes, okay, I see what's happening in the land. I'm going to go to the rampart. I'm going to go to the hill, and I'm going to seek your voice, that I would hear uh, clearly what I should do in this hour. And so that's really what we're doing. We're saying, okay, we're going to seek the Lord, and then we're going to cry out together for mercy and for his plans and for his invitations for us, our family, uh, for our city. And so we want to do that. Uh, we want, in Joel, even the, the one that she quoted, said, gather all of the people, the, the nursing babes, the elderly, everyone. And so all the children, every, we want to gather everybody together in this place. And it's going to look different. It's going to be, there's challenges in that. But we, wanna, we just want to go for it. We want to say, yeah. So we, we encourage you to bring your children. Bring everyone, you know, if you want to bring some toys for the children, uh, and you, we can break up in different groups, and they can be occupied with that. But I think it's important for our children to see us crying out to the Lord and being sober in this hour uh, that the Lord has us. Amen. Here's what I want to do. Will you stand for a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your grace. many that have been feeling, or you felt it when Danielle was speaking, uh, the invitations and the stirrings in your heart. You said, oh, God's been stirring my heart. Maybe it's been for years. Maybe it's been for a month. And maybe you've responded a little bit, but now you know, you know 
what he's saying here. Say he wants you to be radical. He wants you to be radical. Others, uh, you may be feeling that call for that corporate prayer and worship, saying God is calling me to this. I, I want to call you forward. I want to have Danielle come, and we'll pray for you. If you're if you're feeling that stirring. If you have that stirring, I, if, if you're feeling it, I want you to come forward. We want to pray for you. We want to fan that flame. We want to seal it even now. Thank you, Jesus. Different ways, if you've been feeling that. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Even the excuses that rise up and Oh, I've been up there for prayer before. I've done this. But right now, we're just going to seal this. We're going to say, yes, Lord. I want to run with you. I want to be radical. Even if it looks like uh, something different. Even if, if people would look at me differently. God, I want to stand and I want to say yes in this hour. I want to pave something that would go beyond the grave. I want to have an inheritance for my children to walk upon. Habakkuk said this. He goes, I trembled when the Lord spoke to me. He said, when I heard what was happening in the hour, I trembled. He said, his bones felt like they're rotting inside of him. He goes, because I wanted to tremble in the Lord on this day that I would have peace in the day of his visitation. And so in the same way as we feel this, we want to... We want to soberly take the call now that in the hour of visitation we would have peace and joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just declare that we love you. If you're feeling just a small, even that small stirring, God, I know there's more. Saying, God, I know there's more. Come forward. God, I, I need your empowerment to walk it out. I don't even know what it is. I need it. I need it. Come forward. Thank you, Jesus. You can stay and, and pray if you would like. Uh, we're just, we'll just we'll pray for you guys. Danielle, if you want to start praying even now. If, uh, if you want to sit in your seats and, and pray, you're, you're more than welcome. If not, if you can keep your fellowship, uh, 